Begbie's trainer is an independent business rescue and recovery specialist. If your business has financial challenges requiring professional insights and solutions, Begbie's trainer can help. We provide advice designed to help people and companies deal successfully with debt and financial problems. And wherever possible, we will find the best solution that allows for active steps towards financial recovery. Begbie's trainer is an independent business rescue and recovery specialist. We're committed to providing a rapid and responsive service based on in-depth experience, professionalism and independent specialist expertise. Contact our Sheffield office on 0114 285 9500 or visit begbiz-trainergroup.com. We're open for business live. Good morning. It's just after nine o'clock on Friday, the 8th of January 2016. My name's Jamie Veach. I'm your presenter for the next hour for Sheffield Live's business and social enterprise programme, Business Live. We're broadcasting live on 93.2 FM and through our internet live stream. This show will also be available as a podcast later from the Sheffield Live website. So I'll start today by wishing listeners a happy new year and I hope you achieve all you want to in your business and social enterprise from in 2016 and on that theme in today's show we'll be talking with Peter Lodeman who works with individuals and businesses helping them to set and achieve realistic goals. We're also talking today with Jermaine Smith the boss of Juice to You which is riding a wave of celebrity endorsements and selling their fresh juices all over the world. But before we turn to our guests, a quick roundup of what's going on in business and social enterprise. Women from business education and politics have been among the notable recipients in the 2016 New Year's Honours List, with the owner of Sheffield's New Mill Engineering, Anne Wilson, who's been a guest on this programme a couple of times, receiving an MBE, alongside the owner of Duncombe Sawmill in Helmsley, North Yorkshire, Emma Woods. The UK's small and medium-sized businesses say that the availability of better technology is going to be the most important contributor for business growth this year, according to a new survey, with 39% saying it will have a positive impact, up from its position in second place last year. The new research comes from Barclays Business, and the findings polled decision-makers of UK small businesses on the impact of a series of factors on their business growth in 2016. Findings also revealed that consumer demand will be vital to accelerate growth, although the, uh, the thought on consumer demand fell from first to second most influential factor. International markets and overseas opportunities remain a key focus, appearing in the top three and other key factors that SMEs believe will have a net positive impact on growth in 2016, include a move to online or improvements in digital presence and also major sporting and cultural events like the Rio Olympics. A Yorkshire specialist digital publisher based here in Sheffield has secured its 100th university online contract worldwide. Greenleaf Publishing specialises in books and journals on sustainability and responsible business and they're aimed at MBA and management students, researchers, tutors and business consultants. The company's latest customer is the Sino-British College, part of the University of Shanghai for Science and Technology. And that customer joins Cambridge, the London Business School, Yale, Monash in Australia, and Copenhagen Business School in making Greenleaf's online libraries available to students and researchers across the world. Greenleaf also works with several Yorkshire-based university libraries, including Sheffield, Bradford, Leeds Beckett, Hull, and Huddersfield. 
Government funding of almost £2 million has now been confirmed to help support the hundreds of people affected by job losses and restructure at Tata Steel. The Department for Business, Innovation and Skills has also said that £1.5 million will be used to support specific training and accreditation for affected steel workers through local further education colleges in conjunction with the Skills Funding Agency. An, an additional £350,000 has been confirmed to assist supply chain businesses hit by the Tata Steel job cuts, including 490 at the Scunthorpe plant. The government has also announced it's considering a further request by partners across the Sheffield City region for a further £2.5 million in business support grants. And UK Steel Enterprise, which is a regeneration subsidiary of Tata Steel, has pledged £1.5 million of extra funding for job creation. And work is now underway on a £65 million landmark development in Sheffield City Centre, with key investors flying in from China last week to attend a traditional Chinese-style groundbreaking ceremony, where sand surrounding a plinth was turned over. So construction has commenced on New Era Square. It's a 20-storey mixed leisure commercial and residential development. It's going to transform the area between London Road and Bramall Lane, close to the city centre. And New Era Development UK Limited is a Sheffield-based company behind the plans, creating what they say will be a cosmopolitan international and multicultural focal point. The scheme has been designed by architects Hadfield Corkwell-Davidson, they're Sheffield-based, and building works are being led by Baumer and Kirkland from Derbyshire. Work's being carried out now to prepare the foundations for the development. It's going to include retail units, food and drink, and an open square for events. The project should create hundreds of new jobs, according to the developers, once construction has been completed. And... um, It will feature office space for professional service businesses and a Sheffield City Region China business incubator chaired by Richard Caborn to enhance enterprise and trade links between China and the UK. So turning now to our first guest, I'm delighted to welcome into the studio Peter Lodeman. Peter, good morning and thanks very much for joining me today. Morning, Jamie. So it's your third or fourth time on Sheffield Live. Thanks for coming back into the studio. And uh, as I mentioned at the start of, uh, of the show, you're, um, you're here to help listeners frame and... Um, identify appropriate goals for their business, for their social enterprise and in their personal life, of course, and to help them achieve them. That's what you do with your clients. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's something that you don't only do here in the UK, but actually you've, you've done some work in Ethiopia as well, haven't you? I have. I've been to Ethiopia four times over the past two years. And and so let's just start before before we come to some concrete advice for listeners on how to how to set those goals in their business. It's a time at the start of the year where we're all thinking about about business goals, how to achieve them. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just talk a little bit about what you've done then in, in, on those on those several trips to Ethiopia. So going to Ethiopia was really <clears throat> about taking my business where I coach. Um, individuals and businesses and doing it over there but this is my part of giving back so so my hands weren't really built for building schools um, but I'm I think I'm pretty good with people so I actually do go over there meet people coach them one-to-one with the challenges they have in their life and the challenges they have are very similar to the challenges that people have in the UK 
So relationships, career, goal setting, all of those things, confidence building, all of that. And having been there a few times, I was there last year for three months to really establish what I do over there and ended up doing real consultancy work with businesses over there. So yes. management consultancy business, communications business, training business. Um, and more recently, I've been doing self-development um, workshops on a variety of things. So one was helping startups with their business plans. Another session I did was all about reflecting on where they are in their life and asking the key questions to, to understand where you actually want to be as opposed to where you are. And then did a whole session on neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, which was all about um, communications and um, growing your confidence. So I get involved in lots of things over there. Um, as well as writing a TV script. Indeed, yes. Yeah. And uh, you've written several episodes of that, I understand. Um, so I've written it, yeah, it's based on my experiences over there, which uh, being in an African country, you can imagine I get into a number of scrapes, I think on a naive basis at times, but uh, but feeling secure. So uh, Addis Ababa and the capital is a very secure city. I never feel physically threatened. But yeah, I've written a six-series TV script, which is really based in bbc style Mm -hmm. mode um but but uh, fortunately met the lead writer what would be equivalent to east enders in ethiopia yeah and she's helping me to adapt it into ethiopian style and all being well it might be produced in ethiopia later this year tremendous news mm. excellent so you mentioned the work that you've been doing in in ethiopia then has um, encompass personal development, uh, mm -hmm. asking appropriate questions to help people identify their goals, move yeah. forward and achieve them. Also management consultancy, business consultancy. And in many ways, as you said, that's similar to the work that you do in the UK with businesses and yes. ind individuals. Your career has, uh, has taken you from cities working in London, in yep. uh, Liverpool, in in Edinburgh with yes. very large organisations as well as working with, with smaller uh, yeah. businesses, sort of few person and even one person businesses as a coach as well. Do you yes. want to just expand on the range of work that you've been doing here in the UK too? Yeah, so my main career was 25 years based in the wealth management industry in the city of London um, at a fairly senior level um, doing strategy development with those businesses from... Yes. Um, software companies, outsourcing companies and wealth management businesses where I do go in and sort out their technology and operational needs and work out what are their visions and goals for the future as well. So last year I was in Edinburgh for six months on a project working with Standard Life Investments um, where they were moving systems but and, and I was head of communications, the communications stream there and dealing with all the clients and communicating with about 130,000 clients yes um and as we know in financial services regulation hits hard so getting those communications right is is, is very important if they get those communications wrong they're liable for significant uh, oh they could be fined fines. yeah they could be fined yeah most certainly and uh, not just that but the reputational risk is yeah. enormous yeah, yeah. It really impacts quite hard and you know, i don't i think financial services firms because of the way the media portrays um, that industry, then they um, they get a um, a tough uh, appraisal, I think, um, because you 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 actually see big dealing rooms um, on TV on the news, and it's not all like that. There's a that's about ten percent of what actually goes on. There's a mountain of work behind that, and a lot of good people working in these businesses um, doing the right thing. 
uh, but it's, you know, bad news is, is news, isn't it? Or, yeah, if you can portray it in that way, then it creates news. But, you know, wealth management firms are like any other firm. You've got uh, really good cultures, good people working there. And uh, Well, yeah. I, I think you could say that in, in an industry that employs hundreds of thousands of people, there are, going to be, uh, there are going to be some people who care passionately about doing the right thing and some people, you know, you, you, you could always find the odd person who, who yep. uh, needs to improve, let's say. Yeah, certainly. Um, so compliance, though, and communication there is is absolutely is oh key. totally yeah yeah, 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 yeah. so you, you talked about twenty five years in that industry mm-hmm. in working in, in in large financial organizations um, but uh, you you're now you continue to do some of that sort of work from time to time, but you're working with uh, much smaller smaller um, businesses and, yep. and working with individuals as well now tell me about the move towards that why the passion for that it's obviously uh, from talking with you outside the studio yes. i know how much uh this really really excites you yep. t- tell me about the move to that so so the move to coaching and be more um smaller business orientated and more people orientated i guess was about 15 years ago i went on a leadership course in new york uh, and met coaches there and I thought okay the one day I'm going to do this and then the timing in 2009 was just right and I created my business called Lyft yeah L-Y-F-T which stands for live your future today got qualified as a coach and a, a practitioner in neuro-linguistic programming NLP and since then I've been um, acting as a consultant and a professional coach and dealing with individuals on a one-to-one basis and then I came to Sheffield before years ago in March, actually, um, and then started working with smaller businesses here, um, and, and and individuals here. So, how do you help them? What do you do with a small business or an individual? So, so if I use an example of a small business um, that I've been working with, as a small accountancy firm just based outside Chesterfield, uh, six people strong. Um, an owner who's who's had the business for 20 years but but sort of like was losing himself and why he was actually doing his business so what I do with that size of business um, is is spend time with the actual owner to understand exactly why they do what they do and understand what they want in their life because as a small business owner what you do with your business impacts on your life and what you do in your life impacts on your business you can't actually split the two up now, this might be familiar to many of our listeners if they're running small businesses, businesses with under 10 employees, one or even one, yep. two, three-person businesses. And you mentioned, a, you, you, you said a phrase there which, which might ring true too in terms of being lost in the business as well. Yes. Business and life merging there. So people like this, this, this client of yours, it's, it's, it can be very easy for people to get lost in the operational day-to-day responsibility without necessarily being able to take the time to step back and look on the strategy, the long-term yep. development, um, and for the business to take over their life. Is that, is that what you're talking about? With, it, with it, yeah, it is. Yeah. I think um, when when people decide um, to actually set up their, their own business, and they probably they may have been working with a in corporate world, if you like, or for someone else for a number of years and thought, I can do this on my own. And then they start doing that, and they, they're very good technically at what they do, but running a business is so, so much more bigger than that. And they, for the first um, few months, they run around get, just getting clients, getting clients and then doing the stuff. 
Um, but then they understand they've got to do. They've got to look after the financial management of the business. They've got to do sales and marketing. Get out there on something they're probably not used to doing. Get out there on the streets, doing all the advertising. Getting used to social media and Twitter and Facebook and all that just to get, actually get business in. And they spend. A, then they're, they're on this treadmill where they're working 24/7 every day and, and get to a point where they just get totally worn out and forget mm. what the original vision was. Yes. So. Quite. And so, like, um, like individuals do at this time of year, it's an anniversary, it's a new year, it's a new start, then maybe it's a time for actual business owners, owners to actually reawaken what their original vision was. Be put, put, it's probably gone a million miles away from where they, where they started out. So, again, then, if that rings true for listeners, if it's, all, if it's a good time to reawaken that vision of mm-hmm. what you want from your business or if you're running a social enterprise, um, what your vision is, what your mission is and what you're trying yeah. to do, or if you're running a business. Now, how should people approach this so that they're going to do something, do something different, do something that changes it for the better? Yeah, I think the first part is is to get rid of all the, the clutter. Right. You know, really declutter what's going on. Get rid of the people who are holding you back, the stuff that's holding you back from really moving on and get rid of the energy sappers because there's, there's a lot around you. And look around at what you're actually doing. It Does it actually add to the purpose of what, what you're about? So do you mean people in business end up doing a lot of stuff out of habit that actually doesn't even move the business forward. Yeah, but, and, yeah. and part of that is not spending time to sit back and reflect on what you're actually doing and what value does what you're doing add to the business and to the, and the purpose of the business. And it won't may well be you've actually lost sense of why you're in business. And business isn't just about making money. I mean, that, that is the first thing people think about, oh, I'm in business to make money. You're not doing that just to make money. You're, doing, you're in business to make a contribution to someone, whether it's your customers, the stakeholders, the suppliers, whatever. You're in business to, to do something more than just make money. And yeah. it's actually understanding that, getting back to that point of why am I doing this? What does it add to my life as well? Yes, so business owners, business leaders, social enterprise um, managers will, in many cases, really, really recognise what you're talking about. But I suppose it's easy for what you call the clutter yeah. um, to have got on top of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And, and you're running on a treadmill, yeah. basically. And it, you may go to courses and seminars, and in some ways that's just a break from being on a treadmill. But then you get out, get back in your car and, and get back on the treadmill and start running again, you know, like the hamster on the wheel without really thinking about, why am I doing this? What is this about anymore? And it it's really is, you know, for individuals, this is a time for reflection. And I think it's a time for reflection for business owners as well to actually think, if I was sat here now in 2017, what, I, what have I achieved? Or am I just going to get back on the treadmill again? And run after my tail. Indeed. Okay. Good. Good advice there in terms of a reflective process. Now, what sort of questions do you ask people then to help them to identify appropriate goals? Because you talked about a questioning process. Yes. How, how do you How do you help people to do that? <clears throat> so, I mean, it's actually getting people to stop, and uh, I will ask a number of challenging questions. 
um, about where they're going. And it's not just jump in and just like really scare them so they no. fall off the seat straight away. You have to ease them into it. But at some point, they will be thinking deeply about what are they about? What is their purpose? You know, not just in their business, but when I step out with them, it's like, what is your purpose generally? Because going back to the point, your business is your life, your life is your business. You understand what you're about and what you're trying to achieve, what your values are, what your beliefs are, because that all flows back into your business and flows into your life. You get to understand that. Then you start to realize, ah, this is what my business is about. This is why I'm doing this. So that process of remembering or reflecting identifying what your business is about so who is it going to help and you talked you talked uh, 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 earlier about it's not just about making money it's um, it's it's got to have values well beyond mm-hmm. that and of yes. course again that will resonate with so many listeners here but it's sometimes in the day-to-day treadmill that you've talked about that that can be forgotten okay yeah so then the reflective process um, has uh, uh, is is obviously crucial. Mm-hmm. Then we come th- through to making something happen. And as you've said, if you were in this in the same seat in yeah. twelve months' time, thinking mm-hmm. about your business, you want it to have moved forward. You want it yeah. to have changed. So, how do people then do that? How, you know, implementation. Well, I think just before you get before you get to implementation, yeah. you've actually got to have that vision in place. Okay. Yeah. You've got to understand what sort of environment you want to be working in. And by that, I mean not just the office space or the factory space, but also the people that you're mixing with, the customers that you have on board, the suppliers that you now uh, <coughs> work alongside, maybe the stakeholders as well. As a, you know, People say that customer is king. But customers don't just make the business. You have to look after your employees. You have to look after the stakeholders. You've got to make sure you've got the right suppliers. In those first few months while you're running around just trying to get income in, you, you're probably not going to get all the types of clients that you really want. And after 12 months, you may end up with some clients who are just using up all your time and your energy and you're missing, you're missing potential bigger new clients or better clients. You know, There's a sweet spot client. So you need to do that segmentation of clients up front um so so there's the environment that you have to think about the culture are you your the culture of the business is it flexible enough are you too controlling you know all the, all your the thing the behaviors that you want to portray as a leader are they in there um do you have the right people working for you have they got the right capabilities have you got the right tools and resources to do the job um and so all of that you need to sit back and think is this is this exactly what I set out to do when I, you know, did that blue sky thinking when you're thinking about your business plan and going through all that? Am I is that really what I'm doing now? Yes. And if not, what's getting in the way? What's stopping me from getting there? Have I changed? Has my have my has my vision changed? Has has my purpose changed? And if it has, that's fine. But then reset your vision, reset your goal, and plan to actually get there. So that's a crucial part of the process then um resetting your vision if need yes. be and uh and consideration of whether these sort of elements are are in place and it's a it's an interesting point as well in terms of customers and particularly if someone's in a business that's been going for a year it's been going for two years mm-hmm. maybe three years and as you said dependent on the nature of the business they might have picked up customers that really they're not 
the best fit for them anymore. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, and, and need to look, and, and as you said, suppliers too, and need mm-hmm. to look at the, the best yeah. partners, the best stakeholders mm-hmm. in the business. Okay, so those elements are absolutely crucial. Now, we're going to go on to the next stage of the process in a moment, but I thought we would actually just take a quick break in which we could play a track of music. Um, And this, of course, is a track of music which has been chosen by you, Peter. So we'll we'll come back to you in a moment, but we're just going to take a quick music break. And this is is Farrell Williams, and uh, the track is Happy. Begbie's Trainer is an independent business rescue and recovery specialist. If your business has financial challenges requiring professional insights and solutions, Begbie's Trainer can help. We provide advice designed to help people and companies deal successfully with debt and financial problems. And wherever possible, we will find the best solution that allows for active steps towards financial recovery. Begbie's Trainer is an independent business rescue and recovery specialist. We're committed to providing a rapid and responsive service based on in-depth experience, professionalism and independent specialist expertise. Contact our Sheffield office on 0114 285 9500 or visit begbiz-trainergroup.com. We're open for business life. You're listening to Business Live on Sheffield Live with me, Jamie Veach. We're broadcasting on 93.2 FM and from SheffieldLive.org across Sheffield and the world. And in the studio at the moment, we're talking with Peter Lodeman, who is helping businesses and social enterprises and individuals to identify their vision, their values, and set appropriate goals, and then to achieve them, of course. So, Peter, we've been talking about uh, values in business. We've been talking about vision. We've been talking about what business leaders, as as leaders of businesses and as individuals, want to achieve, and and getting the elements in place to help them to to do that. So I suppose moving forward in terms of making that happen... um, You've done that. You've helped businesses. Mm-hmm. You, you've talked about an accountancy firm, for example, small small yep. business, under 10 employees, perhaps comparable to many listeners' businesses mm-hmm. as well. Um, top tips on implementation. Once, um, as before, we were talking about actually having that vision and very, making it a very specific goal um, and a, and a measure, measurable goal as well. And on that that point, you really have to set a very tight plan and and commit to that plan commitment to all of this is the key part if you don't commit to it it's not going to happen um but the plan um has to be very rigorous it has to be agreed against anyone who's going to be involved in that because goal setting is very very personal you can't impose goals on people because it isn't just going to happen they have to own it as well they've got to belong to the whole process the implement the key to implementation is a an agreed plan with real agreed time scales it's got to be written down and it's got to be monitored on a regular basis um, and adjusted and be flexible to it from from where you started out. It doesn't mean you know where you started out. That has to be it because life changes. You know things change. You you you, you learn new things. In the beginning, you don't know everything. You don't know what you don't know. Um, but the plan and sticking to the plan, monitoring the plan, sticking to the time scales, is is what is really key. And, and I can't emphasise enough the word commitment. You okay. have to commit to what you're going to do. And as an individual, um, if you want to commit to a plan, in your head you may have a list of things that you want to achieve in 2016, but you'll create greater 
commitment if you actually write it down. Write it down in, this, in a place where you maybe see it every day. So maybe put it on your fridge with a fridge magnet and then you see that goal every day. And there's a reminder there every day that you wanted to reach a certain weight or, or whatever it is. Um, and if you want to commit even more, tell other people exactly what you're going to do because then you're making a contract with people to do those things. There's an accountability element there. Exactly. In terms That's of that commitment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, super. So plan. Uh, don't lurch from deadline to deadline or crisis to yeah. crisis, but plan. Um, make, make, a, make a commitment um, and make yourself accountable as well can, yeah, can help. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the stats are about, at this time of year, 75% of people make a New Year's resolution mm. and 8% uh, eight eight actually gets achieved and, and most of that is lost in the first month most of those people are lost in the first month in other words 92 percent of people don't uh, don't 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 fulfill or achieve yes. any yeah, yeah. resolutions yeah. quite okay super so some sage advice there peter thank you thank you very much indeed now in 2016 an exciting year ahead for you then potentially with uh, with uh, you talked at the start of the show potentially a tv program in ethiopia as well about your experiences could be could yeah, be made could so, be yeah and, and, and undoubtedly goals in the uk as well in terms of helping more more yeah helping more businesses um just before just before Christmas, launch a program to actually help businesses with what I've been talking about today, uh, business owners. So um, there are people signing up for an eight-month eight course um, involving coaching and business mentoring um, during the next eight, ten months. So if you want to hear more of that, get in touch. And how can people get in touch with you? What's so the best way? Probably the best way is to call me on zero seven seven five three nine zero five. Um, or my website uh, uh, email peter at lift lyft.co.uk super well peter loadman live your future today thank you very much for joining us today and thank you for your advice for our listeners thank you jamie you're listening to Business Live on Sheffield Live with me, Jamie Veach. We're broadcasting on 93.2 FM and from sheffieldlive.org. And uh, we're uh, just going to take a quick ad break before our next guest. Begbie's Trainer is an independent business rescue and recovery specialist. If your business has financial challenges requiring professional insights and solutions, Begbie's Trainer can help. We provide advice designed to help people and companies deal successfully with debt and financial problems. And wherever possible, we will find the best solution that allows for active steps towards financial recovery. Begbie's Trainer is an independent business rescue and recovery specialist. We're committed to providing a rapid and responsive service based on in-depth experience, professionalism and independent specialist expertise. Contact our Sheffield office on 0114-285-9500 or visit begbiz-trainergroup.com. We're open for business life. This is Business Live on Sheffield Live with me, Jamie Veach, broadcasting on 93.2 FM and from sheffieldlive.org. And Business Live is our weekly programme about business and social enterprise. It's one, of course, of numerous shows on Sheffield Live. And if you've just tuned in, you've missed Peter Lodeman talking about how to achieve your business and social enterprise goals in 2016. But don't panic, because if you've just tuned in and missed that, you haven't really missed it, you can find it on the podcast section of the Sheffield Live website later, where Business Live 
podcast will be hosted like all of our shows. All you need to do is go to sheffieldlive.org, find shows, look up Business Live, and then you'll be able to tune in to today's programme. Now, I'm joined now, delighted to be joined in the studio, by a Sheffield mumtrepreneur creating a juicy culture. With millions of Brits wanting to get healthier in the new year, Jermaine Smith is ready for them. Jermaine, good morning. Good morning. Thanks very much for joining us today. So okay. your, your business is a, a leading detox juicing brand, Juice to You. Yeah. Started at your kitchen table. It Amazing. did indeed, yes. So was it, it was a juicer from a supermarket, I understand. Yes, I started juicing for myself um, three years ago. And it's just gone, it just all started from there, basically. So that's absolutely incredible. And you, you, you now have a celebrity following as well, encompassing um, pop stars and TV reality show, uh, show um, participants and so on. Yeah, we have a big celebrity following at the moment, yeah, especially with January as well. So yeah. they're all coming back for more detoxes. But yeah, I've had a lot of celebrities over the three years and built up a good reputation. Yes. Yeah. So absolutely incredible. But this has been an, an amazing story as well, because I'd, I'd really like to, to, uh, to mention you, you grew up in Park Hill and you, you struggled with dyslexia at school. Yes, um, I still do, yeah. It's been a nightmare. And we've had, we've had uh, people for whom dyslexia has been a challenge that they've overcome um, or they are overcoming on this program before. Um, we have had an author on the program mm. who's who's now um, who's now best-selling author who, who lots of people don't know is dyslexic. Mm. Um, but this is something that hasn't held you back at all. It seems in business. No, not at all. I'm more creative. Obviously, I've always been creative from a little girl, so that's what I enjoy doing. And with the juices, I find that creative as well because I yes. designed all the juices myself. But yeah, I've always struggled with dyslexia, and I'm still struggling now. So yeah. And so you, you're from school, and from not gaining a qualification in mm. school, you you. Um, had a stall in, in the market. You went to set up a, a vintage stall and then a second-hand shop, I understand. Yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. I've always um, earned my own money. I dropped out at school at a young age because I always felt different. Um, and I went on to do the markets uh, with help from a family member getting me to and from the market. And I just used to buy junk, basically, and sell it on. But I used to vintage. But so, you're, yeah. so, you're, you're sort of... You're, you're making it sound... As though it was just something that you did, but obviously this is an, an, an immense achievement in terms of struggling, as you yeah. said, with dyslexia. You don't realise it at the time, um, but now looking back, yeah, it was a big struggle, but when you've always had it, you just live with it, yeah. but looking back now, I know how much I have struggled over the years, yes. um, but you do have to just stay positive and strong, and you know, you just have to go for it. And go for it, I suppose, is what's happened with the juicing business, um, because it started with simply wanting to make juice for yourself, I yeah. understand. Yeah, I'm just like a typical woman, you know, tried everything, always want to look and feel good, and um, I just started juicing for myself, basically, that was it. So what happened? Was it friends asking Basically, you? yeah, I did the juices for over three days, um, and then a friend was going, oh, you look good, you've had a facial, and I'm getting all these compliments, and then I did one juice for a family member, and then their friends and their friends and it just escalated from there and and 
so where do you get the fruit and the vegetables? Where are you getting them to start with? Oh, I went to the, the Sheffield markets and just bought carrier bags full of fruit, started playing around with the fruits, picking all the ones that you like, which is not necessarily the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, now I've learnt over time. Um, and it, it was just, you know, just happened like that, basically. But I went to uh, Tesco's and bought a £20 blender. So I could imagine you sort of uh, carrying uh, massive bags of yeah. fruit and vegetables Going to your kitchen, putting them all in into this domestic juicer. Yeah. You must have been juicing every hour of, of of the day. Well, when I originally started, it used to take me forever because I thought you had to peel everything, which you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, so everything's just been you know I'm self-taught with everything I've done. You know, it's all been a big learning curve. I've made mistakes, but you know, I've just carried on. Yes. Um, so yeah, I've had to get some help along the way with nutritionists and trading standard guidelines and everything like that. So yeah. Yeah, so so the business then in this time, uh, three years ago that you set it up and, and now you've called in a nutritionist, um, you've researched trading standards, guidelines, you've you found premises as well. I have found yeah. premises, yeah. And um, and you're now selling um, hundreds or well thousands of, of juices, or yeah. uh, you know every every single week. So um, that's an incredible story. How did you sort out the supply chain then, and the, and the premises? Who gave you the advice? What did you? Where did you do the research? Basically, um, what I did is um, me and my daughter, who's. Um, she was 18 at the time we just got on the internet and started researching different you know bottle companies because i was using water bottles yeah. from t- and emptying the water out and then putting my juices in and just putting big numbers on the front yes and uh, i tried to stick with local businesses you know the printers is lo- everything's local in sheffield because yeah. i wanted to stick with local but the bottles do have to come you know from a different city so but yeah just um it was. It was. It's been stressful at times, um, you know, and tiring. But we've kept going, and you know, it's worked out, and it's still hard work today. Yes. So yeah, but I am overcoming lots of different things. But my daughter does help me, especially with the emails and customer service and answering everything like that, which I really struggle with even now. So yeah. And you're a whiz on social media as well. I am. I've built all my business up through social media, and I think that's a bit that I'm good at. Right, and that uh, that encompasses thousands of followers on on Facebook, um, something like twelve thousand uh, followers on Instagram, thirty thousand followers on Twitter. Yeah, and those followers and that social media following that translates into sales. Yeah, so each one of the followers is a potential customer. So you've got to keep them interested, you know, you've got to keep your social media active. You know, it's all about networking with, you know, a blind audience, really. So, and yeah. What advice would you give, then, to someone who's in, in business and they're using social media, you know, in terms of what works for you? And I'd just be proactive. I'd be on there because, you know, since I started, there's a lot of juice companies out there. So I have to make sure that I'm different. Lots of interactive uh, interaction with followers, you know, what's um, going on in the world, you know, tweet about that. You know, don't be shy in contacting people direct, you know, that always works. Can you give me a follow back, you know, private message. Just basically it's building a relationship up with different people, so yeah. So use it to build relationships. And you said then, don't be shy as well. And certainly no one could could accuse you of being shy in terms of promoting the business. You've you've notably sent uh, a detox pack to to some TV 
stars when they came back from a hedonistic weekend away. Yeah, that was a that was a turning point, I think, for Juice Two. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Got my I used my brains, and when all the Towie cast came back from uh, Vegas, they all received a three day detox on the doorstep. And then that translates into awareness, does it? And yeah, it's brand publish, awareness. Yeah. And obviously they were posting their results and then that's when uh, it was a massive turning point for my business. Yeah. And so now your factory in, in, in Sheffield, you're based uh, just off Abbeydale Road. I yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and how are the juices distributed then? Uh, basically, it's just like we work on a conveyor belt. We, do, so we have to get everything prepared, juiced, you know, within set time to get them out yeah. for delivery. So we work into the time. So there's about nine, ten staff at the moment. So we've all got our, our jobs and um, we use a courier company that pick all the juices up and then distribute throughout the UK. Right, yes. Yeah. And you mentioned um, you mentioned challenges. You mentioned um, you know growing a business like this from a, a kitchen business to now a, a worldwide business is challenging. Yeah. Um, but you also mentioned um, uh, challenges in the past as, as as well. What's the biggest challenge you've faced in business and, and had to overcome? The biggest one was when I opened um, a lingerie shop on Exo Road and left me an eighty thousand pounds worth of personal debt. That was hard. Yeah, it was really stressful, really hard, yeah. So how did you bounce back from that and what what um, what would you do differently or what lessons would you uh, advise listeners so that they don't find themselves in, in that position in terms of business failure? I and would being... say um, keep your overheads low. Yeah. If you can work from home, work from home. You know, uh, everything's online at the moment. So, you know, grow your business online. That's what I personally would do. At that time, I didn't know anything about, you know, social media or anything mm. like that. You know, I wanted it all singing and dancing, you know, a big, you know, lingerie boutique. Really do your research because Sheffield wasn't the market for it. Right. Was that the case? It wasn't the right Yeah, it wasn't the right the, time. I think it wasn't the right and the place. Well, too high. Yeah, the yeah. overheads were too high. I was just in too deep. Yeah. yeah. So, but it was very stressful being left with £80,000 worth of debt. Yeah. Yeah, in- indeed. And, and so the health. Um, element was personal in terms of it was personal on the back end of the uh, the lingerie business yeah. yeah yeah um and and yet then it was essentially friends saying this is so good yeah i spoke to my mum and i was like i'm gonna do another business and she said you're crazy don't she knew how down i was about you know the laundry boutique it was such a struggle mm. um and she just said you're crazy don't do it and i said i've got to i've got to give it another go and i did and i'm just so glad i li- you know I listened. my mum was just worried for my health yes um but i just thought i've got to do it i've got to be successful i've been doing like since I was 13. So what I've achieved now is not just for the last three years, no, it's, it's from being 13. Yeah, indeed, because you talked about um, um, as a dyslexic child at school and leaving with with, um, with no qualifications, taking on a market stool. That's mm. an entrepreneurial, um, yeah. incredibly entrepreneurial thing to, to do and then setting up a second-hand 
hand shop as well so yeah. this all goes back to yeah it all goes back what I've achieved now um is not just in the last three years it goes back from being 13 because it yeah. was a struggle you know one of six children single yeah. parent you know but I've done okay so I'm pleased I've kept going and and in a previous business you've you, you've you've also uh, launched a beauty salon with uh, support from the Prince's Trust which you ran as a, a successful business through until uh, yeah until the, until the lease ran out yeah. really yeah. yeah so and then um, another beauty salon opened across the way so it's too much competition so I decided to get out you know um, when the lease ran out of that business so yeah I've literally done everything you can possibly mention so so, yeah. so you've you mentioned really the, the the business you're running now successfully um, selling juices across the world juice to you is the culmination of this uh, learning process in, in business um, going back to the age of 13 learning and, and developing and what you've done reduced to you has grown it from the sort of a kitchen business yes very very careful in terms of overheads and not taking on um expenses until the income was there on the other way around yes yeah. i've still kept my overheads pretty low yeah. as well you know we keep everything low yeah um you know, I've not got too big for my boots. You know, we've just got a small little factory that works for us. Yes, I see. Great. So um, thinking then, I suppose lots of people on this show have talked about getting advice and support and asking for help from people um, and, um, and and not being scared of asking for support and help. Um, are there any sources that you'd recommend people uh, people go to in terms of assistance, support, uh, whether it's friends, whether it's doing your market research, as yeah. you said? I think now you can find everything out through, you know, um, the internet. I would strongly advise anybody to really think about what they want to do, where they're going to invest their money, do lots of research, keep your overheads low, you know... Um, Ask for help and advice. I went to family members, people who I knew, you know, didn't pay for any advice, keep everything free, um, and just go with your gut instinct. That's what I would do. But, you know, free advice is the key. And and aims for 2016. We've been talking with uh, with with Peter about uh, about businesses setting goals. Um, is the business going to be um, around the same size, or do you think it'll be twice as big, three times as big? Um, I've got some new products coming out um, in 2016. I've just launched a new juice at the moment, so that's yeah. going crazy. That's charcoal cleanse. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping to still grow the business. I've got a soup detox um, due to come out as well. So, yeah, lots of things are happening, um, and it will be a busy year for me. Super. OK, well, Jermaine Smith of Juice to You, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a fascinating story. People can find out more about you at your Twitter account and, of course, online. Do you yeah. want to just give, mention the Twitter address? Um, it's Juice to You, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the website is um, in uh, com. Super. Jermaine, thank you very much for joining us. All right. Thank you. 
You're listening to Business Live on Sheffield Live. With me, Jamie Veach, we're broadcasting on 93.2 FM and from sheffieldlive.org. And on the show today, we've heard from Peter Lodeman of Live Your Future Today. And Peter's been talking about setting appropriate goals and achieving those goals in your business and in your life. And we've been talking with Jermaine Smith of Juice to You, who's grown a global juicing business and uh, talking about the business that she's grown and uh, celebrity endorsements from across the world. Now, if you've just tuned in and you've missed that, don't panic because you can catch up with today's show on the podcast on the Sheffield Live website. It'll be up at about 11 a.m. Go to sheffieldlive.org, find shows, find Business Live, and it will be there. And uh, we, of course, will be back next Friday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. But next up today on uh, Sheffield Live is our fantastic folk music programme. Thank goodness it's folk. That's on from 10 a.m. all the way through to noon. So please do stay tuned to that before we play out with a quick track of music uh i'm just going to quick flag quickly flag up today is micro biz matters day 2016 so if you know someone or if you are self-employed or an independent business owner then micro biz matters day is for you if you want to find out more about what it is then follow on twitter hashtag micro biz matters day or go to micro biz matters day dot rocks that's www.microbizmattersday.com dot rocks the aim of the day is to support independent small business owners so take a look at that so my name's jamie veach you've been listening to business live thanks for listening today in the studio with us has also been uh, paul gregory assisting as sound engineer so my thanks to paul my thanks to you for listening we'll be back next week we're going to play out with the payroll union through the trees <laughs>